This is the brisnet.com call-in show on the Horse Racing Radio Network. The phone lines are open. Call now, 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. Now, here's Bobby Newman and James Scully. Good evening. Welcome to another edition of the brisnet.com call-in show here on the Horse Racing Radio Network. I'm Bobby Newman along with James Scully. This is your hour, HRRN Nation, to call in and talk about whatever you'd like in the world of thoroughbred racing. The number to get in, 888-966-4776, 888-966-HRRN. We welcome back to the co-pilot seat our good friend James Scully. Welcome back, my friend. It's a pleasure to be back, uh, Bobby. Uh, hope all's going well. It's been a couple slow weeks uh, along the uh, Kentucky Derby Trail, but uh, we get back at it this weekend at Fairgrounds. We've got a uh, the Lacombe Stakes and uh, some other stakes races as well. So uh, basically, that's the highlight of the weekend. We'll see uh, right now. Oakwan and Aqueduct, I mean Oakwan and uh, Turfway have canceled for Saturday. So. Some of the tracks uh, are dodging bad weather this weekend, but we do have a good card at uh, fairgrounds and, and as well as uh, racing at uh, Gulfstream and, and uh, other tracks on set this weekend. Once again, the number to get in, 888-966-HRRN. And a reminder, all callers tonight and throughout the month of January will get a free 2024 racing calendar, courtesy of our friends at Twin Spires and Brisnet. Absolutely free, just Give your name and mailing address to our producer, Lee Delapina, and uh, he will make sure to get one out to you. They're great for you. They're great as gifts. Fantastic pictures. Uh, some fun coupons in there as well. Great gifts all the way around. Tom in St. Louis, welcome to the show, my friend. Hi, guys. How are you? Hey, Tom. Hey, Tom. Hey. Hey. First of all, I received the calendar in the mail um, when uh, Tuesday. Thank you very much. Uh, beautiful calendar, like always. I encourage anybody listening out there, try and get yourself one. It's very nice. Um, you know, I know in weeks past I've tried to play God and solve the sport, but now we're back on the derby trail, so i got a couple of questions. Um, looking at the LeCompte on Saturday, the four-horse can group, this horse looks very accomplished on the turf. I mean, you know, ran a decent race in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. And, you know, I know Mendelssohn did the same thing, except Mendelssohn did win the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. But, you know, this horse really hasn't even had good works on dirt. And, I mean, is Cassie and the owner just got a case of derby fever? And you know what? Before we got to plunk down 600 bucks to nominate, they're just going to throw it out there and, you know, see uh, – you know, see, see what we can do and see what happens. What are you guys' thoughts on that? Go ahead, James, if you'd like. All right. Uh, sure, Tom. Uh, I thought he was a, a troubled fourth, first of all. I thought he ran a really big race in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. He had all kinds of trouble. He was way wide off the turn. He's, like, way at the back of the field and upper stretch, and he came flying late to get beat two lengths at fourth. He had run a big race in the bourbon before that. He just really was coming to hand, you know, at the end of last year. And to me, I mean, his first race on sloppy track. I'm not holding that against him. His second start on dirt. He ran into Timberland, Timberlake. He ran a huge race that day and eventually won the uh, champagne. Um, 
I, I don't blame him, you know, for taking a shot at it. Uh, you know, I think he's, I mean, he's trained like well, according to, you know, Cassie in the barn uh, in preparation. The one concern I have for him is just the race dynamics. Uh, I don't think that Nash and Track Phantom are going to be setting a very like uh, hot pace. And so I think it's going to be moderate fractions that are going to play against like a deep closer like Can Group. But to me, I mean, that you know, Cassie and and the connections are really just looking for an encouraging like showing. I mean, if he comes running late for third or even fourth, uh, that's not a terrible effort to build upon. Um, you know, you had um, uh, two fills who, you know, he wasn't running for first. He was running like third in the uh, LeCompte and the Risen Star last year before really peaking in uh, April, March, in April and in May. And so, you know, they're just looking for a good showing with King Group to see if they can proceed on the Kentucky Derby path because there'll be options for him, I think, at Turfway Park with that Jeff Ruby stakes, uh, Bobby, uh, on synthetic, uh, you know, but uh, they want to see how it can run on, on a regular dirt track first. Tom, you still uh, there? Call- yeah, I'm here. That's why I call you guys. You guys have all the answers. I mean, I think that, that's, that's amazing, James. That's not how I looked at it when I when I handicapped it. I appreciate the uh, the insight. One one last question. You know, I look at Smile Happy in the the race before that day, and you know, I, I look at this horse and it just has Stephen Foster and it has the typical you know past performances lines on that. And just remember, anybody looking at that horse, that horse was, I mean, I was there that day. It was like 1,004 degrees. I mean, I, I was a good person for two weeks afterward because it gave me a sample of what hell feels like, just how Ellis Park is in the summer. And, uh, but, you know, that horse was completely washed out that day before he ever stepped in the paddock. The, the racetrack at Ellis last summer was completely speed favoring. And, you know, it's, it, at some point you'd want to take it throw a horse like that out just based on, you know, hey, that wasn't a very impressive run, but it looked like he ran against everything that, uh, you know, you know that, that, that ran against it. I'm not saying I'm picking the horse. It was just kind of just some thoughts I had as I looked through the past performances today, guys. But, uh, I mean, I know there's only so much information they can put on the on the lines, and, you know, most of them are usually based on, observations and those charts are written that day, you know, while the races, you know, happen, but, you know, just, I just, just always looking for ways to improve the sport guys. And, uh, you know, I'm just happy that we're, I'm not talking about other issues and related to the sport. Now I'm back to talking about handicap and racing. So I'll let somebody smarter than me take over from here, guys. Have a great day. All right. Appreciate the call, Tom. Thanks so much. And glad that you enjoy the calendar. Yeah, I agree with, uh, what you said there, James, regarding Can Group, I and, and I actually was thinking about asking Tom. You know, hypothetically, if you were the owner of Can Group, and this horse had you know shown that he was improving and maybe shown more on the dirt in the mornings that he did in the beginning of his career, why not? Why not see what you have? Uh, even going in with the theory, you know, maybe telling Jockey Jareth Loveberry, listen. Um, we think we've got a good horse here, and we think he's got a chance. But if you're halfway down the backstretch, and you know he's he's just not enjoying it at all, you know we're we've got plenty of turf races on the horizon, and as you mentioned, synthetic track races were big money coming up in the next few months. But I think they have to see where they are with this horse. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, I agree. And you know, I mean, you know, 
to me, you know, he's a, a like I mentioned, a, a deep closer. Uh, you look at number five, Ethan Energy. He's coming off a real nice win. In fact, on that uh, December twenty third card, he was really the only horse on the main track to close from off the pace and win. And he gets Luis Saez, but he's going to be running late. He's been off the pace in both starts and. You know, the, those are two horses that are very sort of intriguing if this was like a 10-horse field that had like three, you know, speed horses in it. But I, I do think, you know, it has two speed horses and perhaps they could get caught up like chasing and dueling each other. But, you know, I, I also think they'll be content to just like go along one-two at a, at a moderate pace. And uh, and I, I think it could work, work against late runners because uh, you're going to have a couple scratches reportedly in that race. It's eight horses right now, but um, Awesome Road was cross-entered to Leonidas uh, at Turfway, which has been canceled. But Brad Cox told the Daily Racing Forum that he was just going to scratch from this race and probably and, and definitely and, and wait for another. And then... Um, uh, Kent, uh, Keith Sormo told uh, Marcus Hirsch for DRF that uh, Next Level was going to scratch and Tizzy Indy was on the fence, might come out as well. So it's going to be a short field. Uh, you got two big favorites in there, but it's an, it's an interesting race to me for these other horses in there like Can Group, Ethan Energy, and Lat Long. Uh, they, they need to run well regardless, even if they get beat. You know, if they ran a good second in any of them, that'd be a real good performance in my eyes, Bobby. And by the way, you mentioned that Awesome Road was cross-centered for the Leonidas, which is not going to take place now this weekend because of the cancellation at Turfway Park. But very likely, the race will be brought back next week, and we'll get to see Awesome Road then. I I don't think they've made that announcement yet, but that seems to be uh, generally what racetracks do with the stakes is they bring them back uh, one week later and run them, and we'll see if Awesome Road and if the Leonidas does come back uh, in a week and a half or a, you know, a little less than a week and a half. And that intent indeed is where Awesome Road ends up. Phone number to get in, 888-966-4776. Once again, all callers tonight get a free 2024 racing calendar, courtesy of our friends at Twin Spires and Brisnet. James, when you were gone last week, I asked a question. I would love your opinion on this question. We got a lot of calls in. Uh, differing opinions, and uh, the the gist of it was we were talking about some of the Bob Baffert runners, and specifically Nisos uh, as one of them, but also Muth coming off that impressive win in the San Vicente, and Coach Prime, who's a, whore, a, a three-year-old that's got some promise, and we're getting close to that time of the year that uh, if these Bob Baffert horses uh, have Kentucky Derby dreams and want to earn qualifying points to get into the Derby, they're going to have to be moved to Barnes named something other than Bob Baffert, basically some other trainer that's eligible to run horses at Churchill Downs tracks. And my question to everybody was, if you had one of these, let's just hypothetically say you have Nisos or you have Muth, two, the, two that are probably at the top of the list regarding the Baffert runners, and you think that you may have a Kentucky Derby horse are you moving this horse to another trainer, and who would you move it to, or are you standing by your man and skipping a chance at the Kentucky Derby? Well, I mean, unless I have some bias, and and and, and perhaps you know, we've talked about this before. I don't know if you're looking at it. I believe like the overwhelming majority of people, the the public, uh, it looks at it. The Kentucky Derby is by far the biggest race out there. 
Uh, it's the biggest race a horse could win. It means everything for a horse's racing career, and it's over on the first Saturday of May. So, um, you know, if I had a horse that I thought could win the race by January 29th, I would definitely move it uh, in that effort to uh, win the biggest race, the race that means everything, not only to the horse, but the trainer, the jockey, the owners, the breeder, everybody associated with it. Uh, it's like a, it's a game changer winning the Kentucky Derby, uh, especially nowadays. I think it's become bigger in recent years than it's ever been. But um, and this is going to be a big running this year, I think, you know, in the 150th running. But the um, as far as who I would switch it to, that's a completely different story. I mean, you know, that's that's a matter of like, hey, the one thing with Tim Yak team was, you know, there was an understanding that Baffert would be getting the horses right back after you know, after the Derby, unless he didn't want them back. And, um, you know, so, uh, you know, I don't know. It, that would take some negotiation and, and dealing with trainers by the owners and, and Baffert and, and such. So that that's a much trickier question, in my opinion, Bobby. All right. I, I'm fairly certain you just spent three minutes not answering the question. You would be a fantastic politician. My friend, I'm, I'm, I, I, you have missed your calling as far as I'm concerned. Uh, no, but that I was a lot. That was a lot of transfer. that was a lot of good shimming and ducking and weaving and whatever. And uh, I, I, I applaud you for complete nothingness that you gave us right there. Hopefully, I, I, I thought I think Moose will be. I, I would think Moose, you know, would be transferred. I'm a little worried that he hasn't like worked uh, since January 1st because, you know, he's one of those horses that I've been following their workout pattern, but it might be nothing. And, and he could be back on the work tab here soon. Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, there, there's some horses that I don't, I think are not going to be a good fit for the Derby that are in his barn. And, and if you look at Baffert, you know, he's run two in the race before, uh, maybe three once, but you know, it's not like he shows up every year with like four or five horses for the Derby. So, um, there, there's only, you know, sir, I think every year, uh, like a handful, uh, that are under serious consideration, you know, for the Derby or serious contenders and, you know, would merit like being transferred. And that's good. That's a decision for the owners. It, it looks like to me, some of them won't, won't transfer them, uh, perhaps, but some of them I think will Bobby. All right. By the way, uh, Nisos worked Monday, six furlongs at Santa Anita in one twelve and four. Let's go back out to the phones. Alan in Paducah. Welcome to the Brisnet.com call-in show. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, Alan. How are you? Hey, Alan. Oh, pretty good. Uh, you know, this time of year, I like to call in and go over my ROI for the previous year. And I have to say, I didn't do so hot last year. Uh, I ended up with probably my worst year ever. I had a minus 28%, which I, I don't know what happened. I blame part of it on Saratoga, the canceling so many races for the on the turf. You know, the rain just washed off so many of the turf. And I have to say, two of my biggest bets, and everything was hinged on that day, was on Maple Leaf Mail, and then it happened again with New York Thunder. It would just broke my heart, both of them, but... Anyway, but my brother, who's one of my best buddies and, you know, fellow horse player, he had one of the best years he's ever had. He just killed it on Breeders' Cup and ended up with a 20% to the good ROI. So, you know, you just you just never know. But anyway, I'd just like to get that out there. You know, it's time to, time to look and see what you actually did. Alan, before you go, I have a question for you. So you, you, uh, you said that you unfortunately were 
heavily involved with the the two horses that had the breakdowns in the late stretch yeah. of Saratoga. Um, if if you look past those races and all wagers involving those races, where does that make you for the year? Uh, that maybe puts me at maybe minus ten percent. Maybe it would have made up quite a bit of ground because I was I was all in just to watch. You know, steps before the wire just broke my heart. What's your What's your favorite wager, Alan? Uh, I'm probably a pick four player. I like to go after the pick fours, and I like to do a caveman ticket, and then a couple of press tickets, zigging and zagging, and uh, that's probably my favorite play. And I'm a Keeneland Select player, and they have a little bonus for their pick four players every week. So, you know, I tend to do fairly well on that, but not this year. It just I don't know. I've been on the Keelan Select probably over 10 years now. And, and, of course, I just love that app, and I'm I'm definitely loyal to them. I've got three or four other accounts, but I always go back to them for some reason. I don't know why. Well, we appreciate your call, Alan, and also appreciate your candor. Let's face it, James, uh, we're in a sport where uh, you don't hear a lot of stories. People don't like to admit when they lose, but obviously we know that – you know, there's a lot more people who lose wagers than win wagers on a regular basis in this game. And Alan is uh, not ashamed to say that he didn't have a great year wagering-wise in 2023. And two really, really tough beats there with Maple Leaf Mel and New York Thunder that, let's face it, should have gone the other way. It's just unfortunate what happened. Hopefully we never see something like that ever again. And hopefully, Alan, you have a much better 2024 wagering rise. All right, if you're on the line, stay on the line. We're right up against the break. When we come back, we'll head back out to the phone lines. 888-966-4776 is the number. This is the brisnet.com call-in show on HRRN. This is the Brisnet.com call-in show. The phone lines are open. Call call now. 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. Do you want unlimited access to handicapping without exorbitant prices? Then Brisnet.com has you covered with a variety of plans for past performances, pedigree, and raw data. Brisnet.com performance plan covers unlimited PDF past performances for just $85 per month and is available at Brisnet.com slash plans. American Produce Records Online puts the pedigrees of nearly 1 million dams and more than 2 million foals at your fingertips. Plus, Sire Stats for only $275 per year and is available at brisnet.com slash APR. The brisnet.com data plan offers unlimited access to race day data files, perfect for handicappers with their own database or to plug into other people's programs. The data plan is $125 per month. Visit brisnet.com for all this information and more and discover why Brisnet is the handicapper's edge. Race the Twin Spires, where you can unlock a $25 risk-free bet. Just use the code HRRN25 when you sign up. And if your first bet doesn't win, Twin Spires will refund your account up to $25. Wagering on the app is fast with free pass performances, insider picks, and power plays every day you wager. Twin Spires. Download the app today to earn your $25 risk-free bet. Void were prohibited. For terms and conditions, visit TwinSpires.com. Must be 18 or older, 21 and older where applicable. For help with a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
The race is on at Sam Houston Race Park. Get in on exciting thoroughbred racing action every weekend. Join us Saturday, January 27th for the Houston Racing Festival with five stakes races, contests, a jockey trainer meet and greet, and more. Plus, Sam Houston is the place for live music and great drink specials every Friday, along with the best Sunday brunch around. Race in for all the excitement, starting with the Houston Racing Festival at Sam Houston Race Park. Visit SHRP.com for details. Hi, this is Kurt Becker. Join me each week on the Equine Forum as I take you on a stroll through racing history presented by Keeneland. This week, I look back at the racing career of Temperance Hill. Listen live on the Equine Forum every Saturday morning on Sirius 162 or XM207 or visit our website at horseracingradio.net to access the archives and enjoy past editions. It's a stroll through racing history with me, Kurt Becker, presented by Keeneland, only here on HRRN. This is the brisnet.com call-in show. The phone lines are open. Call now, 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. Welcome back. Brisnet.com call-in show here on the Horse Racing Radio Network. Bobby Newman, James Scully here every Thursday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Phone number to get in, 888-966-4776. All callers tonight get a free 2024 racing calendar courtesy of our friends at Twin Spires and Brisnet. Let's go back out to the phones. Patrick in New York, you're on the Brisnet.com call-in show. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you doing? All good, Patrick. How are you? I just wanted to make – great, thank you for asking. I just wanted to make uh, more about two comments and then uh, hang up and uh, listen to you guys. Uh, Today there was a CHRB – hearing that ostensibly pitted the Northern California groups versus Southern California. Uh, ostensibly, if the Northern California people, and that's like the uh, 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 the fairs people, don't come up with a plan to have a uh, viable business uh, with racing in the next couple of months, it seems like the writing is uh, on the wall uh, after the Golden Gate uh, closures that are coming up. Uh, and, uh, you know, Southern California racing will, will just be kind of the, uh, the only racing going on in, in California. Um, you know, that, that horse group uh, people and Santa Anita seem destined to try to get the additional money uh, from the CHRB and others that would essentially go to the Northern California horsemen to get that money unless they come up with a business plan. And, and my comment here really is that what I think the CHRB should really be doing is they should be asking Southern California and uh, what I'll call last racing, uh, if they actually have a plan long-term to make horse racing viable in Southern California. And, and my other comment is uh, about uh, the Baffert horses, in particular, Muth and Prime. I don't think they're going to be transferred because I don't think they're good enough to win. And I'll, I'll hang up and listen, guys. Thank you. All right. Appreciate the call, Patrick. So let's start with the second part first, uh, and that's that uh, Patrick is uh, not a believer in Muth or Coach Prime and their ability to be a contender as far as winning the Kentucky Derby. He left Nisos out, which I believe probably means that he thinks Nisos is a contender, but he's thinking that Muth and Coach Prime stay in Baffert's barn and they don't go to another uh, trainer by the end of this month. Yes. Uh, you know, I mean, you, you referenced it. I mean, along with uh, uh, 
you know, to me, like Muth, he's by good magic. You know, he's out of Uncle Mo Mare. And I mean, he, you know, he ran second in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. It was a pretty solid effort. Uh, so, you know, to me, he's certainly a candidate right now to uh, go on and, you know, be a, a, a solid two turn type. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't put it past him to be like a Kentucky Derby, like, you know, contender this spring, but we'll see. I mean, uh, thanks for the call, Patrick. Uh, definitely. Uh, uh, I, I think there's, you're, you're right. I mean, uh, you know, Nysos is another one. He was real impressive, like winning in a sprint, but he's bred for two turns. It looks like the type to me, just the way he moved, it'll be good, but good at longer distances, but he's, he needs to get going in stakes races as well. So, um, it'll be interesting to see, uh, the, the deadline's coming quick. It's 11 days away this year. It's January 29th. So, um, you know, there's only the LeCompte this weekend and there's no more stakes. Uh, next weekend was going to be the Southwest, but they announced, uh, today that, uh, they're moving the Southwest to February 3rd. So that's going to be a huge weekend for Derby preps, uh, Southwest, Robert B. Lewis, Weathers, and, the, of course, the Holy Bowl, which will have fierceness. Yeah, uh, by the way, and uh, I agree with what Patrick said at the beginning. Uh, I, I honestly don't think that the, 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 the powers that be in California are looking to help Northern California racing. Uh, I think that uh, certainly the folks down at Santa Anita are, don't care if Northern California racing survives. They're not going to come right out and say that. But the fact of the matter is that all the monies uh, that you benefit from uh, simulcasting or whatever, you, you only get those monies if you are racing. So if they're not running up in Northern California, you know, other than in the summer with the fairs, then any simulcast monies or whatever get driven down to Southern California. Um, I, I think Northern California is in big trouble as far as racing goes because I honestly don't see uh, places like Fresno and Sacramento and Santa Rosa and, you know, these in Pleasanton uh, making some sort of a year round circuit out of it. And um, I don't know if that group has a long term plan, Patrick. Uh, we, we all wish that they did. I, I had a long discussion with a, a gentleman that I that I like and respect who's in Southern California just a few days ago. And we were giving our predictions as to what's going to happen in Southern California. And honestly, I. As somebody who was born and raised in Southern California and has been to, you know, Santa Anita, Hollywood Park, Del Mar, and Pomona, you know, more than any other tracks in the country, I, I don't see with the purse structure that they have how they can make it 10 more years. And I, I'm just through that number out. I don't have a I, – I didn't put, like, you know, go into my laboratory and come up with the 10 years is, is what they've got left. I, the, the purses are so good at places like Churchill and Turfway and Oaklawn and in New York, um, that the the places that don't have the subsidies that those tracks have, I, I don't see how they can survive. And the difference between Southern California and not having any casino gaming or, or, or you know, subst- something that's going into the purse money and a place like Gulfstream Park, which doesn't have it, is that Gulfstream's on the East Coast and they've got warm weather. And during the winter part of the year, that's just where it's an easy trek for a lot of these people to get up and down the East Coast. It's not easy to go 3,000 miles away to Southern California to where they race three days a week. Um, and, 
you know, with the with the sight of rain, they're going to take it off the turf. So, uh, unfortunately, Patrick, uh, I happen to agree with you. Uh, I don't think things are looking good for what's going on in there, and I don't know what the quick fix is to make things better in California. Uh, let's go back out to the phones. Hal in Saratoga, you've got Bobby and James on the brisnet.com call-in show. Hey, guys. Thank you for taking the call. Always put on a good show. Uh, you know, talk, uh, it's a little early for Derby talk for me, but I was just looking as you were talking about the LeCompte that uh, I see that Clark Brewster has a horse, track phantom, very good runner. And how interesting would it be on Derby Day if he does win? What a situation that would be if Bob Baffert's attorney claims the prize. Um, my well, question, first though, of all, it would, it would be pretty funny, and my guess is that he would – that Churchill would somehow not want him interviewed afterwards, <laughs> at least on TV. I can only only imagine what it would be. My question, though, Bobby, going back and in, in talking about the uh, California in particular, uh, now it's an island, and you know just what I've been reading, and it's in free fall, and you know what's been going on, the closures and all that. And the Breeders' Cup always seems to have an affinity for that track, and it draws, I think, the Japanese runners in them. And it just seems the Europeans really like that track as well. Do you ever see a time, perhaps, that Breeders' Cup Incorporated purchases a track in California to keep that base and to provide themselves if it's if, if they're not going to have a viable track that they can, you know, go to and sign a deal with that they would just outright buy the track? Uh, that's an interesting question. We appreciate your call, Hal. Um, I don't see it happening. I, I mean, I, I'm guessing James is talking about like if uh, there was a, a point where, you know, there was a question of whether there's still going to be racing in Southern California down the line. Um, but don't forget, they're building this showcase at Belmont Park, which I have a feeling Belmont will be back in the rotation once they're back to 100% working order. And between Belmont and Keeneland and Churchill, you know, you're going to have three great locations. And obviously the folks at Del Mar want to keep having it, and hopefully Santa Anita keeps going. You know, I, I don't think they have to worry about purchasing a track at this point if that's even something that's within their reach. Yeah, I mean, but how does – I mean, Breeders' Cup though does love Southern California. I think it's their favorite site. Whether it's, uh, I mean, I think even Santa Anita it, because it's just L.A. But even San Diego at Del Mar, I think that just the off-track stuff is is appealing to the people that throw to the that like uh, do the Breeders' Cup. Um, yeah, I think we're away. I agree with you, Bobby. Though I mean, it, it doesn't look good right now, uh, but we're we're a ways away from. Um, at least to, uh, to Del Mar in the summer is still doing, it's still pretty healthy. I mean, it, it does do well, uh, big question about Santa Anita, but, um, um, it's still viable for, you know, at least, you know, year it, it's, it's not going out of business this year or anything like that. Yeah. Interesting question though, Hal, I appreciate the call. Thank you so much and enjoy your 2024 racing calendar. Let's get one more call in. Before the break, David in Virginia, you've got Bobby and James on the brisnet.com call-in show. Hey, Bobby. Hey, James. Great job in the show. We really enjoy listening to you guys. A couple of questions, and I'll, I'll hang up, and I'll listen to um, your answers. The first is I'd like to get your thoughts on what you guys think of Bookham Dano going to the Saudi Cup instead of the Derby Trail. And my other question 
is what do you think my son and I have been going back and forth? What do you think the price point's going to be for the four days uh, at Saratoga for the Belmont Stakes, the four days and a reserve seat? That's how they're going to package it. What do you think the price point's going to be? Thanks a lot, guys. I look forward to hearing your answer. All right, really appreciate the call, David. All right, uh, starting with Bookham Dano, who was super impressive. He won by over 12 lengths this past weekend in the Pasco Stakes uh, at Tampa Bay Downs, and uh, word came out right afterwards that uh, the Derek Ryan trainee was going to skip the Kentucky Derby Trail and head out to the Saudi Derby. Uh, I don't know about you, James, but I I think this is two things. One, um, they're running for a lot of money in the Saudi Derby, and most of the time they're running against lesser competition than these two-turn derby races, derby qualifying races here in the States. Yes, that Saudi Derby is running around one turn. That fits uh, uh, Bookham Dano. Look, I, I was extremely impressed by his race in the Pasco. Uh, I loved his turn of foot. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I was impressed by his first three races last year, his maiden win and then a couple stakes victory. I thought he ran well in defeat in his lone setback going a mile. Uh, where he showed more speed. He was a little bit rank even perhaps on the lead that day. He's more comfortable sitting just off the speed and then offering, you know, a, a, a powerful turn of foot. And, but the fact is, you know, he's a New Jersey bred gelding by a sprinter out of like a, you know, a sprint family. I mean, his half sister is like a, a, a sprint stakes winner. So I do think sprints are in his future. And I, and, uh, I agree. I, I think the Saudi Derby because of the purse is a good race for him. There's not a lot of other like, you know, good races for sprinters at this time of year. There are in the summer or in the late spring and summer. But uh, Saudi Derby makes sense because there's no point in, like, aiming for two-turn races with a talented sprinter like Bookham Dano. Uh, Yeah, by the way, the Saudi Derby, which takes place on Saturday, February 24th, as James uh, mentioned, is a one-turn mile on dirt and a $1.5 million purse. I wonder if somewhere down the line that becomes a points qualifier as well. We already know that the UAE Derby is a points qualifier on the road to the Kentucky Derby. I, you know, these things, it seems like every year uh, Churchill makes, you know, tweaks the point system a little bit here and there, um, either add points, subtracts points, adds races, things like that. Uh, and we'll see what happens for There, I do think there is a little bit of precedent, though. Like, if you had a horse, though, this year, maybe it's not Bookham Dano, but just say, or say he gets upset or somebody runs second in that race and then, like, finishes in the top three of the Kentucky Derby, all of a sudden that Saudi Derby becomes much more viable because, you know, for some of these races that are trying to join the uh, points trail, they're just looking to feed horses that not, I mean, not, you don't even have to win. I mean, even if you hit the board, I mean, that's a good thing uh, for a race like the Saudi Derby, if it could produce races for the uh, triple crown. I'll, I'll say this because I know you can't say this, James, and you may not agree with this anyway. Uh, you know, the, the point system, is not completely unbiased either. I mean, to me, it doesn't make any sense that the Iroquois in September of the two-year-old year is a points qualifier, but the San Vicente or the Mucho Macho Man is not a points qualifier. I understand the Iroquois is run at Churchill Downs, and you know it's the goal. it's the same reason why 
you know, Santa Anita has stakes races named the Chandelier and things like that. You know, he who has the gold makes the rules. And uh, but let's face it. I mean, they're they're a race. Uh, the Iroquois winner, you know, the Iroquois very rarely has a uh, major Never. footprint yeah. on, it's the, one thing on the Kentucky the Derby. And my guess is if the Iroquois was run at a track not owned by Churchill, it would not be a points qualifier. So my guess is eventually down the line, there will be additional races that are points qualifiers. But for now, uh, I think they're taking what they think is a smart path to making a lot of money and, uh, you know, keeping Bookham Dano in his range. Um, I will say this, though. Um, the Iroquois, I mean, it kicks off the trail. It's just like sort of a symbolic opening race. It's where it tip points the winner in September. But the, uh, you know, the Mitchell Macho Man, we talked about it before. If it produces some horse that runs okay in the Derby, it definitely, I think, would join it. The San Vicente actually, actually has like a viable argument because in 2016, um, Nyquist and Exaggerator ran one, two in that race. And then they ran one, two in the Kentucky Derby. So you're going to be like saying, Hey, if, if a race is feeding Kentucky Derby horses or horses that run well in the Kentucky Derby, it should be a points race. So that would be one race that we could see to you. All right. We need to take a quick break. We come back. We'll take more of your questions. 888-966-4776. Brisnet.com call in show on HRRN. This is the Brisnet.com call-in show. The phone lines are open. Call call now. 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. Do you want unlimited access to handicapping without exorbitant prices? Then Brisnet.com has you covered with a variety of plans for past performances, pedigree, and raw data. Brisnet.com performance plan covers unlimited PDF past performances for just $85 per month and is available at Brisnet.com slash plans. American Produce Records Online puts the pedigrees of nearly 1 million dams and more than 2 million foals at your fingertips. Plus, sire stats for only $275 per year and is available at brisnet.com slash APR. The brisnet.com data plan offers unlimited access to race day data files, perfect for handicappers with their own database or to plug into other people's programs. The data plan is $125 per month. Visit brisnet.com for all this information and more and discover why brisnet is the handicapper's edge. There are plenty of thrills at Gulfstream Park with live thoroughbred action Friday through Sunday and simulcasting seven days a week. Join us on track for weekend stakes races, dine trackside in 10 ponds with an elevated view of the track, and grab a cool cocktail in the Carousel Club. For reservations, tickets, and more, head to GulfstreamPark.com. Race to Twin Spires, where you can unlock a $25 risk-free bet. Just use the code HRRN25 when you sign up. And if your first bet doesn't win, Twin Spires will refund your account up to $25. Wagering on the app is fast with free pass performances, insider picks, and power plays every day you wager. Twin Spires. Download the app today to earn your $25 risk-free bet. Void where prohibited. For terms and conditions, visit TwinSpires.com. Must be 18 or older, 21 and older where applicable. For help with a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Don't miss the Equine Forum every Saturday from 8 to 11 a.m. Eastern right here on HRRN. Mike Penna brings you the latest in thoroughbred racing, featuring interviews with trainers, jockeys, owners, and other racing insiders. Plus, exclusive segments you won't hear anywhere else. 
the Equine Forum, the show that launched a network. Saturdays, 8 to 11 a.m. Eastern, Sirius 162, XM 207, and streaming live at horseracingradio.net. This is the brisnet.com call-in show. The phone lines are open. Call now, 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. Welcome back. Brisnet.com call-in show here on the Horse Racing Radio Network. Bobby Newman, James Scully, every Thursday night, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Phone number to get in is 888-966-4776. All callers tonight and throughout the month of January get a free 2024 racing calendar courtesy of Brisnet and Twin Spires. Let's go back to the phones, James. And Bosco Joe calling from California. Welcome to the show, Joe. Thank you, gentlemen. How are you doing this evening? All good, Joe. How are you? Excellent. So being from California, you know, we're very concerned about the racing out here. Uh, you know, we have the issue with Northern California and the fight that's going on there. And, you know, the, now I heard that there was some there was some meetings that they had with the California Horse Racing Board about, you know, the overpayment of the purses, and now they don't know what to do, and that's in Del Mar and Los Alamitos and Santa Anita. Do you guys have an opinion of, you know, we don't have the, the casinos or the racinos out here. We don't have that luxury, but well, what can be done? I mean, we're not trying to solve the problem here, but, you know, in your guys' experience, what, you know, what, where is the future of California racing? That's my question. That's my first question, so. All right, uh, well, I think that the, it's a long answer to your first question, but unfortunately, as you, you answered it right there, the fact that California doesn't have the alternative gaming which feeds to the purses is going to hurt them. And it doesn't, it doesn't hurt them so much in that the purse money in California is bad. It's just that it's way below what the purse money in other parts of the country is. And you've seen it, Joe, t- year after year, more and more – Horses, trainers, jockeys end up leaving California to go elsewhere, whether it's, you know, somebody like Pete Miller uh, and John Sadler sending strings to Oaklawn Park or or people going, you know, staying in New York or people going uh, to Kentucky, places like that. The purses are so good and they run more often there that it's all a big snowball. You know, it's causing the horse population in California to go down, which means they can't run, you know, they don't run five days a week anymore. Uh, Most of the time, they don't run four days a week. So they're now running three days a week, shorter fields for less money, um, and which makes it harder for the riders to make money. It makes it harder for the trainers uh, to get their horses in and make money, and it makes it harder for the owners to make money, and it's just going to keep going that way unless the purses can build up. And I, don't, I honestly don't know how the purses can get better without some sort of influx, and it's probably going to involve some sort of agreement with the tribes in California. And to my knowledge, as far you know, being somebody that grew up in California and you know, knowing what you're dealing with uh, with the Indian casinos, uh, they have a whole lot of power in California, and they're not, they could care less what happens to the racing 
in Southern California. They want it all. They don't want any, any alternative gaming except where they have it. And they're powerful enough and obviously pay enough people uh, enough money that it's, it's been able to stay that way. So I feel your pain, Joe. I don't know what the answer is as to how they can fix it. We all know what the problem is, but I don't know if they're in a place where they can fix it. Right, and, and it's so it's so frustrating because, I mean, you know, we're, like right now, you know, all the other tracks are, are canceling because of the weather, and here we have, you know, it's 60-something degrees and it's sunny, and, it, you know, there's we, we're going to have rain this weekend, but it's very rare now, and, you know, we have beautiful weather, we have turf racing, the whole thing, and we just can't get people to come out here. I don't, and I don't know whether it's because it's too expensive, because of the workers' comp thing, I, you know, that's more political thing that i don't understand but i do know it's it's expensive to race out here and but you know it's just like expensive to live out here but you have the sunshine and not you know snow and the whole thing uh my second question is um and i don't know how you guys can answer this because it is a twin spires question but it's about bathroom so i don't know if you've addressed this you may have already but, I mean, to me, and, and this is my opinion, is, you know, if a person has sit out his suspension or gone through his jail time and he's done his due, should he be allowed to, you know, race again in, at the Kentucky Derby? I mean, he, he pulled his, he's fulfilled his suspension. He hasn't done anything bad. I mean, I, I don't understand. Do you, do you guys have an answer for that? I think there's some baggage involved. I don't have an exact answer. I obviously work for Churchill Downs, but he had a horse, Gamine, run third in the Kentucky Oaks and test positive post-race the fall before the Derby. And he apparently met with officials and signed some agreement and blah, blah, blah. And there was some understanding that this this kind of stuff would never happen again and he was going to take uh, absolute responsibility. And, um, you know, the... that uh what's happened since then you know i just don't think it's just been a matter of like hey medina spirit like tested positive i think there was like an issue beforehand that uh is is part of what's going on now yeah and we appreciate your call joe and uh you know the other thing is churchill downs is a private property they can do whatever they want there and i i think that they are a little bit embarrassed and uh, upset with the fa- the way that Bob Baffert uh, legally has handled, uh, you know, these rulings and, and things that have gone on. And they've, you know, listen, they they don't have to allow him there ever. Um, it's it's their property. They can do what they want. Whether you think that that's fair or not, that's a totally different question. Um, but they certainly do not have to allow them there. It's private property. Let's get one more call in before the break. Charles in Mississippi, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, Bobby. Hey, James. I wasn't going to talk about this, but but since Bosco Joe brought it up, Mr. Baffert never can do enough time to satisfy me. Mr. Baffert is a crook. He is a convicted drug abuser of a thoroughbred horse. This is not a sport that is owned by Mr. Bob Baffert. And whether it's baseball and steroids that was ignored for 15 or 20 years, guys breaking records that they couldn't hold a candle to, to previous people that held the record. Um, 
don't, don't, don't tarnish horses like Secretariat and other horses or trainers that have never had a positive. Don't, don't come to me and say Mr. Baffert was mistreated because he can't run in the biggest race in the world. He lost that privilege. And the people, and I, I get so tired of people saying he did his time. He hadn't done anything. He's avoided justice. It's not He's a lifetime ban. I mean, it's a year. They're they're reviewing it every year, so it's not yeah, a lifetime okay. ban. Oh, look, okay, look, buddy. Look, Whatever. You, look, sure, they're reviewing look. it every year. No, they okay. are. They, they okay, it, He's James. not banned for like life. He's he's suspended right now. <laughs> look, but, he needs uh, to be banned for life, James. He needs to be banned for life. Just like you know, when you but, commit a crime. I know we're up against a break or something, guys, and I'll shut up. But, look, I get so tired of people defending Baffert when this sport is a lot bigger than Bob Baffert. We don't okay. need Bob Charles, let me, let me just point out, though, if we're up against a break, I, you know, you've got, like, a mission. I mean, I'm counting on you to call in and give me a pick for, like, this weekend, tomorrow, Saturday. I mean, give me a horse you like. And I, know I told you James was good. I told you James is good at politics. Uh, <laughs> Charles, he's good at dancing around these things. Uh, James, I, I'm gonna tell you. What, last weekend, I loved that Magic Tap in the first race, and I liked that Eleven Horse in the second race. Paid a thirty-eight dollar double at Oakland Park, but they've canceled the race this week. But I promise next week I'll call in and give you my best pick at Oakland Park. Thank you. Right, okay, well, I appreciate that. Appreciate it, Charles. Have a great weekend. Stay warm, and uh, yeah, you'll get back with Oaklawn next weekend. All right, we're going to take our final time out. When we come back, the phone lines are still open. Maybe a time for a call or a two. Number to get in, 888-966-4776. We're also going to get James's best bet for this coming weekend. It's the brisnet.com call-in show on HRRN. This is the brisnet.com call-in show. The phone lines are open. Call, call now, 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. Do you want unlimited access to handicapping without exorbitant prices? Then Brisnet.com has you covered with a variety of plans for past performances, pedigree, and raw data. Brisnet.com Performance Plan covers unlimited PDF past performances for just $85 per month and is available at Brisnet.com slash plans. American Produce Records Online puts the pedigrees of nearly 1 million dams and more than 2 million foals at your fingertips. Plus, Sire Stats for only $275 per year and is available at brisnet.com slash APR. The brisnet.com data plan offers unlimited access to race day data files, perfect for handicappers with their own database or to plug into other people's programs. The data plan is $125 per month. Visit brisnet.com for all this information and more and discover why Brisnet is the handicapper's edge. Race the Twin Spires, where you can unlock a $25 risk-free bet. Just use the code HRRN25 when you sign up. And if your first bet doesn't win, Twin Spires will refund your account up to $25. Wagering on the app is fast with free pass performances, insider picks, and power plays every day you wager. Twin Spires. Download the app today to earn your $25 risk-free bet. Void were prohibited. For terms and conditions, visit TwinSpires.com. Must be 18 or older, 21 and older, where applicable. For help with a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
The race is on at Sam Houston Race Park. Get in on exciting thoroughbred racing action every weekend. Join us Saturday, January 27th for the Houston Racing Festival with five stakes races, contests, a jockey trainer meet and greet, and more. Plus, Sam Houston is the place for live music and great drink specials every Friday, along with the best Sunday brunch around. Race in for all the excitement, starting with the Houston Racing Festival at Sam Houston Race Park. Visit SHRP.com for details. Hi, this is jockey Brian Hernandez. For me, there's no bigger thrill than crossing the finish line in front, and nobody captures the excitement of our sport like Horse Racing Radio Network. Each week, HRRN brings you exclusive talk shows, podcasts, and in-depth conversations with the biggest names in racing, jockeys, trainers, owners, and more. Plus, HRRN is committed to helping disabled riders through their support of the PDJF. So climb aboard a winner today by visiting horseracingradio.net. This is the Brisnet.com call-in show. The phone lines are open. Call now, 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. Welcome back. Final segment on today's edition of the Brisnet.com call-in show. Bobby Newman, James Scully, every Thursday night, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern time. Maybe time for one more call or so. 888-966-4776. All callers tonight and throughout January get a free 2024 racing calendar courtesy of our friends at Brisnet and Twin Spires. Speaking of Brisnet and Twin Spires, James, any specials going on this week? Well, uh is ready for Saturday's big day of racing at Fairgrounds. Have uh it's a handy all the handicapping reports. I'll just mention, we got Bruno's Clocker Reports, Andy Har- Harrington's National Turf Clocker Report, Kentucky Handicapper, Chalkbuster Pick of the Day, PPs, Tip Sheets, and more. Check out Bristent.com. Twin Spires has a profit boost promo for Saturday's big program at Fairgrounds. 15% back on winning uh, win wagers, exacted trust, supers. And uh, we've got other money back promotions at Gulfstream and, and Turf uh, and Fairgrounds this uh, this weekend. Many other promos as well. Make sure you opt in at TwinSpires.com. All right, James. Uh, we haven't really gotten any handicapping in this week. We talked a little bit about the the Grade Three LeCompte, which is the featured race Saturday at Fairgrounds. They've got a great card of racing, thirteen races and all. Where is your best bet of the week? My best bet, uh, Fairgrounds has these big uh, Saturdays on uh, LeCompte and Rissa Starday have produced like grade one winners, lots of stakes winners. They got two dynamite uh, main races, race six and eight for uh, three-year-olds on Saturday. I'm, I'm going, uh, well, the race race six is for Phillies, but uh, race eight is for males. But I'm going to race six, number seven, Plum Tricky. Philly by Spitestown for Dallas Stewart. She took some money first out, caught a sloppy track, broke poorly, but offered a really nice middle move while extremely wide to be in contention, turning for home, leveled off down the lane, but has come back to post a couple fast works. Dallas Stewart, 15% second out. She gets Luis Saez. She's pegged at 10 to 1 on the morning line. I'm not expecting those odds to hold, but uh, she won't be favored. And I like number seven, Plum Tricky, in race six. I'll just mention that uh, in race eight, uh, that's a race where Brad Cox is debuting a couple of uh, curl and two-year-olds. Number seven, Exploration, is going to get hammered. 
Uh, he's training well. Looks like he could be really good. I like number one perfect shot in the Silver Bowl a day, but I don't count the Oklahoma bred. Number three, Miss Code West. Obviously, you have Omaha Beach and Sistina, I mean, West Omaha and Sistina Chapel and some others in there. But uh, I'm intrigued by that Oklahoma bred and Asmussen's uh, perfect shot. And I like, um, I like Track Phantom. I think he's going to make it too straight. I'm going to leave Nash out of all. I didn't like Nash's two-turn efforts, and despite his pedigree and maiden win, I'm not sold on him at two turns yet. So I'm going to play against him with Track Phantom in the uh, LeCompte, and those are some opinions at Fairgrounds, Bobby. All right, should be a fun Saturday at Fairgrounds. Let's get one more call in before the end of the show. Teresa in Arkansas, you've got Bobby and James on the brisnet.com call-in show. Hey, um, just a couple of questions. I was wondering, do the jockeys have any sort of a criteria for the for riding in the Kentucky Derby? Like the, you know, the horses have the whole point system. Um, if there is any uh, eligibility criteria for the jockeys, and then also was wondering if jockeys can own race horses and ride their own resources in the races all right appreciate the call teresa that both very good questions uh so first question james is is there any sort of qualifying the jockeys need as far as riding in the kentucky derby they just need a license from the the state of kentucky you know where the derby's at churchill downs and but i mean who rides the horses in the derby is totally up to the discretion of the owners and trainers so these jockeys are sort of you know like trying to establish these mounts uh you know leading up to the race and there's always a threat they could lose it but uh you know, if they're riding well on a horse, a lot of times the, the connections will stick with that horse. As far as the uh, owning, I, I don't think that's allowed, right, Bobby? I don't think that's I don't think that's legal. But I don't. I do not know for sure. Thanks so much for the questions, Teresa. Thank you. See, I think it depends on state by state. I'm almost certain that I've seen jockeys that are riding horses. In fact, I've seen horses that are owned, trained, and ridden oh, by the right. same person. And, and, uh, yeah, and you might I, be right. Um, I'm trying to think of a gentleman. He used to ride at Suffolk and Rockingham all the time, and I'm trying to think of his name. I think he still rides around a little bit these days, and I, th- I think he was training and riding, and I think he may have owned some of his own horse, I, and I just can't think of it off the top. But there's, I think that's a state-by-state thing, Teresa. So... Uh, and definitely if, the trainers, you know, there's a famous example in Maryland with uh, Brittany Russell and Sheldon Russell. Uh, they're married and, and she's the trainer and he's a jockey and, and rides a lot of her horses. Right. But does he own does does Sheldon own any of the horses? No, I, I do not that know Brit- that. I mean, he could, but I don't know if it's legal or not. Yeah, I I don't know either, but I, I I'm almost uh, Clyde Martin. That's who I'm thinking of. Clyde Martin. I'm mm-hmm. almost certain that I've seen uh, him owning and maybe training and riding his, uh, his own horses at, at times of time. I, it's, it's certainly not something you see very often, but an interesting question uh, nonetheless. And uh, maybe Teresa's looking, maybe she's, maybe she's asking because that's what she's looking to do. I don't know if Teresa's a uh, rider herself or a budding rider or maybe, uh, and, and, you know, 
or maybe she just owns a horse and thinks she can ride it better than other than the other riders out there, which I'm not doubting. Maybe she can, but that's a great question, Teresa, and we really appreciate it. I do know uh, they discouraged uh, jockeys uh, from betting on uh, horses. So. Not Clyde. <laughs> by the way, not Clyde Martin. Vernon Bush is who I'm okay. thinking of. Vernon Bush. I'm almost certain there's been at least a horse or two that he's owned, trained, and ridden. Not Clyde Martin. Vernon, for some reason, I remember seeing that. But I think it's state by state. Uh, it's been a fun edition of the Brisnet.com call-in show. Uh, our thanks to all the callers and the listeners. If you tried to call in, couldn't get in, next week's your final chance to get that free 2024 racing calendar courtesy of Brisnet and Twin Spires. We'll be back next Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern time. For now, for producer Lee Delapina, my co-host James Scully, I'm Bobby Newman. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great night, everybody.